I had made the long journey from New York to Dad's home here in Overton, Texas. I had recently been feeling like my life is spiraling into a colossal failure once again, as it did over two decades ago. I'm out of work, no girlfriend, no prospects, and I'm running out of money. This visit home was supposed to help me find answers and design a path forward. I was finding closure and peace, no doubt, but not finding a path forward. This visit was turning into a temporary escape from my troubles. And honestly, I was okay with that. I was okay with not adulting right now and taking full advantage of Dad's hospitality. Each morning, Dad and Cody and I, we met in the kitchen for breakfast, each of us doing what we do best. Cody made sure there was food in the house and would pull all the ingredients to be cooked, which was Dad's job. My job was dishwasher. <laughs> I would much rather clean than cook and I was the perfect supportive role. The guys loved the new help. This morning, after Cody ate and ran, there was a quiet moment. I broke the silence by asking, so dad, what's Cody's deal? Deal, he responded, almost indignant as to say, what are you asking, Rox? So I clarified, well, he's here each morning. Does he stay in the house? Does he live here? So Dad explained, he stays in the small house next door in exchange for helping out with the farm. I allow him and other friends of the farm, quite honestly, to enter this space and help themselves. I consider it mostly a public space, so I do try to keep my clothes on for the most part. <laughs> oh, you very funny man, I said with an Asian accent. It was a reference that only Dad got and reminded him of a bonding moment between us long ago. He smiled, assuring me he was aware of the reference, but continued to try and gross me out. I'm just saying there are a few stories out there, like the time Valerie came over one night, drunk off her ass, and she was wearing only, I was like, Dad, stop, quit, okay, TMI. Dad smiled, smirked, satisfied that he had grossed me out, and turned his attention back to the computer and news. I then changed the conversation up by saying, Dad, we need to talk. And I confessed to him I was scared because of my lack of prospects. As his son, he would have simply told me to suck it up and figure it out. But instead, now, my father, a typical old school Texas gentleman, listened patiently to his daughter. He saw I was stressed and could see the tears I was fighting back as I looked away briefly and a futile effort to not cry in front of him and maintain my composure. He sat back in his office chair and looked at me, then back around the room. He then got up, came over, and gave me a long hug. We sat there in silence for a moment, and then he broke away, leaned up against the kitchen counters, I against the island, and then he spoke. Why don't you stay here and run the store, Roxy? You've been a great help, not only with the store, but with the chores in the house, helping out in the barn. It hasn't gone unnoticed, and quite honestly, I'm not going to be around forever. I said nothing for what felt like minutes, reflecting on his dark but valid comment. I mean, what could I say? He had a point. He will pass, and he will be gone one day. Maybe not today or the next week, but our day does happen and his will too. 
The long silence was becoming more and more awkward and more somber. I reached over for the coffee pot to pour more coffee, and I blurted out, Well, Dad, if you're dead, the farm and the store is the least of your worries. <laughs> Dad chuckled out loud and agreed at the rude comment I made. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I am serious. It's a real offer, Roxy. Your visit has allowed me back into your life, and for that I am so happy. So extremely happy. And I don't want you to leave. I echoed his sentiments and assured him I would take his offer seriously. But several hours after that conversation and Dad's unexpected job offer, I received a phone call from an architectural firm in New York. They asked me to check my mail because they had made an offer for employment. I thanked them and assured them I would look at it right away and respond by the end of business this coming Friday. When I read it, it was a good offer. Not a great offer, not one I had hoped for. It was just simply okay. But in a matter of hours, I went from feeling like my life was crumbling out of my control to now all of a sudden having supplies offered to help rebuild. I needed to step back and clear my head and sift through this new information. I decided to go for a horseback ride. So I went to my room and changed my clothes accordingly and as I walked to the barn, I noticed a very attractive woman cleaning the stalls. I assumed she was the hired help, and so I approached her and politely asked her to retrieve and saddle my horse. The woman simply said, yes, ma'am, and skillfully went about the task of granting my wish. I couldn't help but notice how pretty she was, and I saw no ring. I realized then that sometimes life had a way of turning things around just in an instant when they seemed their darkest. A week ago, I was alone in a small and very quiet apartment, thinking my life was over. But now I had two enticing paths before me, one leading back to New York and the other staying in Overton, growing closer to my father and what appeared to be a new extended family and a house filled with life and noise. I felt as though my choice was growing much clearer. And now, this woman working in the barn. Wow, where did she come from? Could this day get any better? I was about to find out. Feeling a little bit more confident, I decided to attempt flirting with her. Now, I am not one to flirt. I don't know how to do it. It's not pretty. But I came up with something. I don't know how it was received, but it was something to the effect you have a way with horses. I can tell you've been doing this a while by the way you handle this one's strong personality. The woman caring for the horse chuckled, her blue eyes sparkling, even if they did just do an eye roll at my cheesy comment. But she took my words seriously and did respond. Well, after spending years around these majestic creatures, you learn a thing or two. And handling strong personalities is something you just learn over time. Feeling more confident, I took a step forward, and I tried to continue this quote-unquote flirtatious dialogue. I find strong personalities can be captivating. Oh, yes, ma'am, I agree, she said. Then she looked me straight in the eye, and then looked away and continued to work and said, horses aren't the only ones who have captivating personalities. I felt my cheeks start to grow hotter and my eyebrows raise. Desperately trying to remain cool and collect and keep the conversation going, 
I asked her to expand her thinking. She glanced at me and smirked and kept her attention to the task at hand and said, well, let's just say you have a way of making the barn feel livelier when you are in it. Kind of adds a bit of charm to the place. This conversation was growing more serious. Now stepping even closer, so close, in fact, I could smell her sweet, intoxicating scent as it overwhelmed the blunt odor of the barn and the horses in it. Well, I'm glad I could be the highlight of your day. Perhaps you will allow me to add more charm sometime in a more intimate moment. The stranger glanced at me with a teasing glint in her eyes and backed over work and repeated my words, almost mocking me. An intimate moment, huh? I felt as though my flirting had gone so far south now we were speaking two different languages on two different continents. She gave the straps of the saddle a firm tug and a final pull. And then she turned and directed her attention to me, folded her arms in front of her, and leaned against the horse and suggested, how about buying me a drink tonight? I immediately agreed and said, most definitely, I look forward to it. She led the horse out of the barn. Once outside, she stepped in front of the horse while I climbed into the saddle. She told me to enjoy my ride as I wandered off into the woods and she back into the barn. Smiling and in a daze, drinking in the moment from the train wreck that just happened, I suddenly realized something. So I looked over my shoulder and yelled, where? She continued to walk inside the barn. I know she heard me. I know she heard me.